morning. We're glad you're here. Will you stand with us? Let's sing this morning. Amen, amen. Thank you so much for singing with us. Uh, Cattle Church family, how's everyone doing? Good, man. It's so good to see you guys. Thank you so much for joining us here this Sunday morning here at Kavanaugh Church. We love this place. And I love what that song says. We love to see the Lord move and work. And we aren't just a group of people that hope to see that one day. We experience that all the time here. And we are so thankful to know that we have a God that is living and, and, and his presence is amongst us as the body of Christ. So I'm so thankful that you all are here this morning to, to gather here to not only just continue to worship and praise him, but to hear the preaching of the word, because that's the most important thing that we could have go on in our week. Amen? Amen. 
So it's good to see you guys, and, and again, thank you for joining us back as we continue through the Christmas season um, and, and, and on this journey to Emmanuel, that God is with us and uh, celebrating the birth of our Savior. Um, if you're a guest here today, thank you for joining us. Uh, there's a little Connect card in the chair in front of you. If you could fill that out, then right after service, take it to these back doors, and uh, we'd love to meet your family and get to know you. I love you guys. We've been praying for you this week. I hope you know that. I want you to know that, that we have been pouring over you guys because we want God to really do something awesome in this place today. So I'm going to invite you all to stand, and we're going to continue with our service. But before we do, we're going to pray. Let's do that. Lord, we love you. And again, thank you so much for our church and church family, God. Um, thank you for this place that we can gather together and, and to be in your presence, God, and to to, to one, continue to lift up and praise you, but to get to know you a little bit more. But not just you, but with each other, the, the, each other that you have blessed us with, God. We love our church and our church family. So, Lord, continue to work in this place today uh, through our, the singing, through the preaching of your word, and be with our pastor as he brings the message today, God. It's, a, it's an awesome one. And fill us with the joy of this season. We love you so much in your name. Amen. Greet one another, and we'll get right back at it. All right. Fantastic. That's, that's being friendly enough. Stop it. Just stop doing that. Y'all just sit down just for a moment if you would before we continue worshiping. I got some friends behind me that I want to introduce you to. Uh, a few months ago, we started raising money for Adopt-A-Missionary Kid, and this year we are providing a special Christmas gift to our church planters family. These are home missionaries all through the United States who are sharing the gospel and building Free Will Baptist churches. Uh, this year we're doing half of the home missionary kids, which is 47 kids in all. Six of them are lucky enough to be here this weekend, and it has been a fantastic week for these guys. I know that uh, they have certainly been a blessing to us, and I hope in just a little way we can uh, be a blessing to them. Uh, so we have three families with us today. I'm going to introduce the dad. He's going to introduce his wife and their children, and then briefly tell us a little bit about what they're doing in ministry and where they are planting churches. It's so good to have Jonathan with us and his good-looking family. They, they're matching today. So you know it's Jonathan's family because they all look the same in their wonderful, beautiful Christmas outfits. Give Jonathan a big hand. We're so glad that him and his family drove 12 hours from Hickory, North Carolina to be with us. It is good to be able to be here with you this morning. Thank you so much um, from the bottom of our hearts for all that you've done for our family um, and all of the families in our NAM family. Um, and so we thank you um, for what you've done and, and how your church has just really rallied behind all of us. Uh, my name is Jonathan. Um, I have my wife, Heather, here with me um, this morning. And then our oldest, Caden and McKinley and Emily. And we are church planners to Hickory, North Carolina. And um, we'll be working specifically um, in the area of music ministry as well as children's ministry. Um, and so we are excited about what God is doing and how God is working. Um, we're at the tail end of our travel. Um, we've been traveling the last 15 months or so. Um, and we are about 99% funded, um, so we are very close to getting off the road and start having services um, in the spring. So pray for us as we um, endeavor to plant this church there in Hickory, and thank you so much um, from the bottom of our hearts what you've done for our family. Amen. Bless you, buddy. Give him a big hand. Good-looking family. Bless you guys. Bless you. So glad you've been with us. Here in the middle, we have Justin and his family. These guys are native from Ohio. Anybody here from Ohio and want to... Come on, Jeff. Eric, let us hear about it. Woo! <laughs> they are going to move to North Dakota and plant a Free Will Baptist Church. So introduce your family and tell us a little bit about that. Good morning, and we thank you guys for having us. And you guys really just blessed us a lot this, this weekend. It's been amazing. It's been refreshed from it and just loving hospitality. And we just want to thank you for that. I forgot to say that in the last service, but that's okay. Um, but my name is Justin Fight. This is my wife, Allison. This is little Benjamin. He's our youngest. And our oldest is Abigail. She's five. And we are planning the first Free Will Baptist Church in North Dakota. 
uh, primarily in Jamestown, uh, where there's at least 12,000 people in a community of 16,000 that don't go to church. So there's the, the fields are white and ready for the harvest, and the laborers are truly few, mm-hmm. few and we want to go in there and serve them and make an impact in them. And, and we just, we're just excited about this opportunity. We're early in our, our fundraising stages, um, but, uh, but more importantly, God's already blessed and is working, and we're not even there yet. We're excited to see what the Lord's going to do in that state. Amen. Wow. That, that is great. Going to a place that has no Free Will Baptist Church at all and planting the first Free Will Baptist Church. Man, we're going to be praying for you as you do that. Here on the end, we got Matt and his family. I'm digging Matt's beard, aren't y'all? It is, it is a, it's a good-looking beard. What a great-looking family. Introduce your wife and your precious baby to us. So I, as he said, I'm Matt Hanshaw, and this is my wife Becky, and this is Jovianne. And I just want to say to start with, thank you so much uh, for how you guys have blessed our family um, and just loved on our daughter. It has been a phenomenal weekend, and so we thank you for your generosity and kindness. Um, but yeah, I'm the lead planter to the Hilltop Church. Uh, we've got a wonderful team going down to Ardmore, Oklahoma. Anybody been to Ardmore? Mm. Maybe been through? Uh, that's all I had done the last, up until this past year, is just drive through on the way to Dallas. But it is right in between Dallas and Oklahoma City, and it is a population of 25,000 with a greater population of that area of 55,000. Um, and this is a church that's been in that community since the 50s. Uh, it has dwindled down to about eight to 10 people. Um, now it's running about 30. They've started doing some work there, and I know that God is not done with this church. Uh, there's over 17,000 people within a 15-minute drive of this church that do not know Jesus. Mm. We're going to make an impact in that. Amen. We want to tear down that stronghold of hell. And so we thank you for your time, and we'd appreciate and covet your prayers for our work, for our team, for our family, and just what the God has done is through you all this. speaks volumes to us, and we thank you for that. Amen, amen. Give all these guys a big hand, would you? (laughs) Y'all heard me give this spill first service, but it's worth saying again. We love these church planters. I mean, my hat is off to home missionaries. I greatly respect you guys and what you're doing. I greatly respect the call that God has placed on your lives and that your wives are willing to accept that calling as well. But you know what? With y'all, it's a package deal because you got kids with you as well. And I know it's tough on kids who belong to the preacher and his wife, all right? It is. It's difficult for them. And being a, a church planter or a home missionary, I think, just intensifies the difficulty that perhaps your kids are going to have in the future. And so when they go through a rough day, I would like for you to remind them that there is a whole group of people in Fort Smith, Arkansas, who loves them. Now, we love you guys, but this weekend, we love your kids a whole lot more than we love you, all right? (laughs) And I want you to remind them over and over again that God's family cares for them. And God's family loves them. And we love you so much. Abigail, it has been a privilege for you to be in our church. We love all of you and hope you've had a great weekend. Now let's just worship the Lord together. Give our church planners another big hand. Appreciate them so much. After the service, uh, get around and meet them. Ask them questions. And if God lays on your heart, to help them financially. There's no problem in that. I think God will allow you to do that and bless you because of it. Would you stand back up? And we're going to continue to worship God and sing praises to his name. Let's sing a couple of Christmas carols. How about that?
it's old. The reason we're still singing is because the power of the message of the lyrics is the solid rock. Christ is our solid rock. Everything else is sinking sand. Let's sing together.
Father, we just call on Jesus this morning. Thank you for your miracle power. I thank you for the miracle of Christmas when you sent Jesus to earth to be our Savior. Father, I know that you are the same yesterday and today and forever and that those miracles are still coming. And I praise you for that, Father. I thank you for your presence that we feel in our midst this morning. Please move in our hearts and our minds. Help us to be open to what you have here for us this morning. And give Will the words that you would have him to say for us, Father. And once again, I thank you for your miracle power and your mercy and your grace. And I pray all these things in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, praise team. Give them another big hand, would you? They do a great job. I don't know about you, but I love that song, man. When I feel like I'm not going to make it, I call on Jesus. And uh, he is always there, and he always answers my call. Amen? What a great God we have, and we're so glad that you're with us today. Well, Christmas is just a couple of weeks away. Everybody ready? I, I was asked this morning, have you bought all your gifts? Well, it's kind of a hard question. I've only, I've only been given the responsibility of buying like two gifts, all right? So, and no, I'm not done yet. So. You know, it, it, for a lot of people, though, this, this holiday season is, is really rough. And, and I understand that. Some of us have, have lost family members. And, uh, it, it, you know, even though it's a great celebration, great time of the year, there's sadness for a lot of people at Christmas time, and, and I'm sensitive to that, and, and I pray that the Holy Spirit would just fill your heart this morning with, with that peace that passes all understanding. So for some of you, it's just frustrating. I mean, really, it can be frustrating, you know, trying to drive up and down Rogers Avenue right now, going into Walmart or the, even the mall, man, it, it, and, and here's the deal. A lot of you are try, try to be smart and shop online and buy everything online. That is becoming a pain as well. Because here it is just a couple of weeks uh, before Christmas. Two weeks ago, you ordered something, and now you're getting notification that it's out of stock. That is not, that not happening to anybody else out here? It, it can be so frustrating. And instead of being on a high and your heart filled with joy, your heart is filled with pain and frustration. So that is why this Christmas season, beginning today, I want us to focus on joy. The angel announced to the shepherds at the birth of Jesus, I bring you good news of great joy which shall be to all people. Over and over again, the gospel account of the birth of Jesus Christ, we see references to this joy. And it's not just a little joy, it is mega joy that is for everyone. I really believe that the reason joy is such a huge part of the Christmas story is because it was such a huge part of the life of the Messiah, and it is what Jesus wanted to bring to this world. He wants you to have his joy. And if that joy is such a huge part of the life of the Messiah who came to bring it to us, you tell me, why is it in such short supply in the lives of believers today? We find ourselves whining and complaining and griping and worrying, stressed and depressed so much of the time. And in the absence of this real joy, this mega joy, we try to stuff our lives with the things and the experiences of this world, hoping that we're going to find that missing joy. But you never do. Because all this world has to offer you is a synthetic substitute. It's not the real thing. What this, Freddie, what this world wants to give you is a piece of candy. Have you ever been really hungry 
and just, just dying for something to eat, and, and there's a piece of candy there, and so you just pick up the piece of candy and eat it. Joy, I know you do that all the time, don't you? No candy for Miss Joy. But for those of us who have done that, we know that, you know, the instant you put that candy in your mouth, boy, it tastes good. And it gives you this little energy high, and you think you're going to be okay, but within a few minutes, it's gone. Why? Because there's no protein in candy. Candy can't really satisfy the hunger that you have, nor can the things of this world satisfy the spiritual hunger that is in your heart. So let me ask you today, where is your joy? And if you've lost your joy along the way, where did you lose your joy? And most importantly, where do you find joy? Now, they tell me that every good sermon has a thesis to it, a a main point. I don't know that this is a good sermon, but I do have a main point. My main point is simply this. Joy comes from God. Come on, how about a big amen for that? Real joy, true joy is a gift from God. He is the source of this joy, and he gives it to his people. This is supernatural joy that comes from a supernatural Savior so that we can live a supernatural life. I want you to open your Bibles this morning with me to the Christmas story found in Luke's Gospel, chapter 1. What we're going to read this morning has been titled Mary's Song. Mary, the mother of Jesus, her heart is so overwhelmed with the joy that God has chosen her for this huge task, and she is so full of joy that her heart is exploding with gratitude and praise. And so she sings this song to God. We have it recorded in Scripture, Luke chapter 1, beginning in verse 46, and here's what Mary said. My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. For now on, generations will call me blessed, for the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation even to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down the rulers from their thrones, but he has lifted up those who are humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away totally empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever just as he promised our ancestors. And may God add his blessings to the reading and now to the preaching of his word. Guys, what I want to talk to you about just for a few minutes this morning is there is joy in serving God. God is the source of joy, and for you to really experience that true joy, you have to serve the Lord. Because there's joy in serving God. I know people who spend their entire lives rummaging around from hobby to hobby. Going from relationship to relationship. Buying toy after toy. Looking for something that might bring true joy. And guess what? They never find it. So stop it. Stop that elusive chase. Bury yourself in a life of service to Almighty God and service to other people, and you will find the joy that your heart is longing for. I want you to look again at Mary's song. For nearly 2,000 years, we have been reading this song in Scripture. For the past 1,500 years, Christians have put Mary's song to music. And in various forms, the church has been re-singing Mary's song for 1,500 years. Look with me again at verses 46 through 48. Mary says, my soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. This overflowing joy comes from the fact that Mary has been made aware of the fact that God has chosen her. God has called her, and God has equipped her 
for being part of something supernatural, something that will bless the entire world. And in her song, Mary identifies herself as the Lord's servant. Remember when I read that in verse 48? That's what she said, I am the Lord's servant. The word literally means slave girl. I am the Lord's slave. She is so overcome and overwhelmed and absolutely lost in her service to her great God. Now, in order for us to wrap our minds around what's going on here, we need to go back just a few verses and see how Mary became a part of this great thing that God is doing that brought her great joy. In Luke chapter 1, verses 26 and 27, it explains for us that God sent a special angel whose name was Gabriel to deliver this message to Mary, who was pledged to be married to a young man whose name was Joseph. And Luke, as he writes this gospel, is very careful to acknowledge to us that Mary is a virgin. Now, I know, Miss Gail, you're doing a, a, a ladies' Bible study this Christmas season that really hones in on Mary. And Gail and I have had this long discussion about how old Mary was and perhaps how old Joseph was. We really don't know. No idea. But in that day and time, a young girl became married when she was sometimes as young as 12 or 13 years old. And I believe that Mary was somewhere in that age group of being maybe as young as 12, probably not past the age of 18. But here's the fact that God wants us to know. She was a virgin. She had never known a man. She had not had sexual intercourse with anyone, including her fiancé, Joseph. So God is going to give to this young lady a huge task that will ultimately cause her to overflow with great joy as she is caught up in this great activity of God in human history. Did I tell you there's joy in serving God? There's joy in serving God. But having said that, we all know that, that all service is not joyous. Sometimes serving can become a drudgery. Sometimes there's no joy in serving at all. Even when we're serving God, some, sometimes it just feels like, ah, oh, it's work, and we dread doing it. Guys, let me tell you, when, when, I, when I face moments in my life like that, I've got to stop and ask myself some questions. Why in the world am I not looking forward to serving the Lord in this area? It could be that I'm tired, either physically or emotionally or mentally or spiritually. It could be that I've been asked to do something outside of my expertise or ministry range. I'm trying to do something God has not equipped me to do. And that can bring frustration. If, if, if serving is not a joy to you, you need to stop and, and ask why. Why is it? Bottom line is, Perhaps it's because it's, it's not something in your sweet spot. I love that little phrase, sweet spot. What, I'm, what I mean by that is I'm referring to the sweet spot of what God has called you and anointed you and gifted you to do. I'm so thankful for our church planners. Guys, let me tell you, my hat is off to you guys. It, it, it takes a real calling from God. Not, not any preacher can be a church planter. I'll tell you a little secret about myself. I've always wanted to start a church from nothing. It's kind of been something in my head and heart, my entire ministry. But I realize this, Ron, I realize this. God's not equipped me for that. God never gifted me to be a church planter. So you know what I do? I pray for our church planters. And I support our church planters because I don't, that's not in my sweet spot. Y'all don't know what I'm talking about, sweet spot. So I brought something up here. Just man, how many of y'all have ever played baseball? Raise your hand if you played baseball, or softball, or even golf. First service, I had a golf club up here, but I put my golf club bat in my office and I brought my bat out here. Now let me tell you, this is this is a special this is a special bat. I know Ken, Ken's probably out, he's on guard duty out there, but Debbie, your son gave me this bat, 
J. Franklin gave me this bat. He was a part of the Texas Rangers, and uh, he knew I was a big Texas Ranger fan. This is a Louisville Slugger. It says on it, imprinted down here, is owned by the Texas Rangers, but it was used by Pudge Rodriguez. This is Pudge's real bat. You can, you can see marks on it where he hit the ball. And it's even autographed by number seven, Miss Angie, Pudge Rodriguez. Y'all don't know this, but Pudge Rodriguez is Miss Angie's favorite catcher of all times. And let me tell you, he was awesome. Y'all even know who I'm talking about, Pudge Rodriguez? Man, yeah. Well, if you were raised in the Harmon household, you knew Pudge. Did, did you know as, as a catcher, he threw out 45.7% of the people who tried to steal second base. You just, you didn't try to steal on Pudge. He was awesome. And Jason, man, he was a great batter. Not so much with me. When I was a little kid playing baseball, I, the one thing I wanted to do, Kyle, I wanted to hit a home run. I never did. So then I got a little older and I started playing softball with church league softball. And I thought, I can hit a home run because I'm a big guy. I'm a strong guy. Come, help, come up, help me out a little bit. Just, just physically looking at me, you would think I could jack it over the fence, right? Never did. Never could do it. And you know the reason why is my my hand-eye coordination is not that great. And I never could hit the sweet spot. On every bat and on every golf club, there is a little spot that they call the sweet spot. And if you're at a Major League Baseball game, even sitting up in the cheap seats, and somebody comes up like a pudge or an Albert, and they connect with one, and they hit that ball on just the sweet spot, there is a unique crack of the bat that you hear, and you know that ball's gone. As soon as you hear it, you know it's gone. Why? Because they've hit the sweet spot. Well, guys, I'm here to tell you, Mary found her sweet spot, her service sweet spot. Isn't that a great little phrase? Say it with me, service sweet spot. She realized God made me for a reason. I am here for a purpose. God has a plan for my life. God wants to use me. God called me. He anointed me. He commissioned me. And God is using me to do something great in his kingdom. Let me tell you something, guys. When you find that service sweet spot, the result is this. You're going to be a blessing to other people because you're doing what God made you to do. And at the same time, God is going to bless you with joy. You, you mean to tell me, preacher, that Mary never got sick of changing baby Jesus' diaper and those endless nights? You know what? I think, it was, I think it was something special. It is for all mamas, isn't it? But I think there was something special there with Miss Mary. It was such joy doing what God made her to do. You'll find joy in the service sweet spot when three things line up in your life. And I'm just briefly going to give you these three things. This is where the joy comes from. First of all, it comes from the grace of God. Look at verses 28 and 30 in Luke chapter 1. The angel Gabriel went to her, Mary, and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. So you tell me, how could something or someone, Jesus, so great come from somebody who was so young, so poor, so simple, so unknown, so unmarried, and so unrighteous as Mary? You ever thought of that? How could someone so great come from someone so simple? The answer, God's grace. That's how it happened, God's grace. God always does it this way because it's the only way he can get the glory. When God takes a, a nobody with very little to offer, 
like a little kid who only had a couple of fish and five loaves, but willing to give it to Jesus. Jesus can take your little and turn it into something great. Now, let's go back to Mary's song, and you're going to see a few things about this grace. First of all, God's grace flows to the humble. I thought about asking for a show of hands of all those in here who are humble. Yeah, that would be good, wouldn't it, Jason? God works through humble people, though. Through humble people who realize how dependent they are upon the grace of God. The, the Bible literally says God gives grace to the humble. And, and that's exactly the way Mary saw herself. Just a couple of verses here. Verse 48, she said, For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. Verse 51, she said, he has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. God scatters the proud. He hates pride. Verse 52, he has brought down rulers from their thrones, but he has lifted up the humble. This is true when it comes to salvation. You and I are lost in our trespasses and sins, and there is absolutely nothing that you can do to save yourself. We don't deserve a relationship with God. We don't deserve heaven. The only doorway to salvation is when you humble yourself before God and admit that you're a sinner. We say here at Kavanaugh Church, receiving Jesus is as simple as ABC. The A is admit. But you know, for so many people, that is hard to do. Admit that you're a sinner. Jason, I'll remember, never forget, when I was a student at, at Hillsdale, which is now Randall, one Sunday I went to Tulsa and heard the great Connie Carricker preach at West Tulsa Free Will Baptist Church. This guy was a legend, man. Built a great church there at West Tulsa. He was a fantastic preacher. And he was telling the story of this guy who came to church who was just, man, he was a sinner. Everybody in town knew he was a sinner. They had been praying for this guy's salvation. And he fell under conviction and came down to the altar. But Connie knew when he came to the altar, he wasn't getting saved that day. And, and he, he, he told somebody up on the stage, he said, he's down here praying, but he ain't going to get saved today. And sure enough, he didn't invite Jesus into his heart that day. Later on, they asked Connie, how'd you know he wasn't getting saved? Here's what Brother Connie said, because he was only kneeling on one knee. <laughs> Man. But you know what? That's not only true for salvation, it's also true in service. As long as I think God is privileged to have me on his team, I'm going to be of no use to him or anybody else. Grace is what makes our service truly glorifying to God and helpful to others. And the only way we're going to receive that grace and that joy is when we humble ourselves before the almighty hand of God. Grace not only flows down to those who are humble, grace flows down to the hungry. Look at verse 53. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. I don't know why, but that verse has, has really been on my mind this entire week, and I've tried to visualize this. Hungry people going to Jesus, and he filling them up. But these rich people who are full of the world's fatness come to Jesus, and they leave empty. You know, that's the way Jesus was. Je Jesus did not come for those who were, who were healthy. He came for those who were sick. He didn't come for those who thought they had all that they could consider. He came for those who were hungry. I think about the teachings of Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount when Jesus said this in Matthew 5, 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Guys, listen to me. As long as I'm full of myself, as long as I'm full of this world, I will never be filled with the grace of God. But the moment that I realize my poverty apart to God, the moment that I hunger and thirst after God, I'll be filled, joy unspeakable and full of glory. Grace flows to the humble. It flows to the 
hungry. But number three, grace flows to the helpless. Verses 54 and 55. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, even as he said to our fathers. Look at me. God came to help helpless people. As long as we think that we can do things in our own strength and that we don't need his help, we're going to miss this life that God has for us. So here's what all of us need to do. We need to come down to the altar this morning and say, God, I have absolutely nothing to give you. I am helpless when it comes to really helping anybody. So this morning I am emptying myself so that you can do your work in me and through me. And when we admit that we are humble, that we are hungry, and we are helpless, God's grace comes flowing down. You see, Mary saw the Lord turning everything in her little world upside down. And that's the way grace works. Nobodies are exalted, and the hungry are filled, and the helpless become strong. Guys, our service to Jesus Christ and to others should consume grace like a 747 consumes jet fuel. We just can't do the extraordinary without that mega grace that comes from God. Just like a 747 can't fly without jet fuel flowing to its engines, we can't serve without the grace of God. So Mary sings with joy because of God's grace on her life. The second reason she has joy and the second thing that lines up for us to have joy is by fulfilling the assignment God has for us. Mary's given the assignment of, here it is, look at me, presenting Jesus to this lost and dying world. Look at verses 31 through 33. The angel said to her, you shall be with child and give birth to a son and you will give him the name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never, ever end. And you know what? At its root, this is what all service is intended to do, to present Jesus to a lost and dying world. So that his grace and his mercy and his help and his salvation is presented for others. Have you ever had somebody do something to you, serve you in such a way that you just felt the presence of Jesus when they did it? I don't know, maybe, maybe you were sick and in the hospital and, and somebody from this church came to your room and they just talked to you and prayed over you and you, you felt Jesus in that room. Maybe it was when you were going through a, a very discouraging time in your life and, and you needed a word of encouragement and so this Christian friend called you or came by to see you or sent you a text and through their words they were just encouraging to you and you felt the presence of Jesus. Or, or, or maybe, maybe it was you needed an answer to a really difficult question you were having as you were pursuing life and living life. And so you went to a Sunday school class or a Bible study or even in this room and one of our pastors preached from the word of God and the answer to your question was given from God's holy word. And it, it felt like to you that, you know what? Jesus was in that. That, that it was Jesus who did that? You were receiving that word, that message, that encouragement directly from the Lord? That's what service is. We're not doing it to rep our own self, to build our own self up. We're doing it for Jesus. Every Sunday morning when they're praying, I come down here to the altar and I pray while y'all are praying. And I said this morning, I said, Lord, I pray more than anything else that the people not see or hear Will Harmon today. I pray that they would see and hear Jesus Christ. My, my job is to not make a big deal out of me because I'm nothing. My job is to present Jesus to you because he is something. 
And in every way we serve, that should be the ultimate goal, to present Jesus. Mondays are a big day at Kavanaugh Church because we, we give out boxes to help feed families. And, and sometimes that line of cars is so long, it wraps all the way around our building. And we have this small army of people who through the week have been preparing, but on Monday mornings, they are here to hand out these boxes. You, you can look at that in a variety of ways. We're, we're helping feed needy families here in the River Valley, or we're doing something kind and benevolent. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. But you know what the real reason we're doing it is because we are presenting Jesus to those who are hungry. And that is the assignment for all service that we do. We're presenting Jesus. And that's where the joy is. Presenting Jesus. We may not always see the outcome of that. And, and we may not have people saved under our word or our ministry. But you know what? We're presenting Jesus. And that brings joy into our life. It was blowing Mary's mind. How in the world was Mary going to respond to this revelation? Well, she does so in verse 34. How can this be, Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin? <laughs> How can this be? Now, Mary didn't doubt God couldn't do it. Mary just didn't know how God was going to do it through her. And that brings me to this third thing we have to have in line for God's joy to be in our heart. And I'm calling it the power of God. Not only God's grace and not only our assignment of presenting Jesus, but we need the power of God. Mary's joy overflows because she is serving God in her service sweet spot, in the grace of God, the assignment of God. And now she's experiencing the power of God. Look at verses 35 through 37. The angel said and answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your close relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month. And I love this. For nothing is impossible with God. How about a big amen, church? Nothing is impossible with God. You may be here this morning and you may be thinking God could never do anything with somebody like you. God could never do anything supernatural through somebody like me. Someone with my weakness, someone with, with my past, someone with my fear, someone with my failures. But yes, he can. God's in the business of taking nobodies and doing something special through them and with them that will bless the entire world. He did it with Mary, and he can do it with you. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 11, if anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. God does it this way so that he can get the praise, honor, and glory. How do we connect with this joy that comes in being consumed with the service of God? Well, you have to respond like Mary did. Luke 138, here's what Mary said. I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. So I started my sermon with this. Let me end it with this. We're talking about the joy of serving God. But maybe you're here today and you have spent your entire life rummaging around from hobby to hobby, from relationship to relationship, buying toy after toy, looking for something that would bring you joy. And you've come up with nothing. Stop it. Stop that mad, elusive chase. Build yourself in a life of service to God and service to other people, and I guarantee you, you will find the joy that you've been looking for. But you got to do what Mary did. 
You need to stand up, step out, and come down to an altar like this because I believe it's very important that you make it public. And you come down here and say to the Lord, Lord, I'm your servant. Your will be done in my life. God's will be done in my life. Lord, I am willing to go wherever you want me to go, even if it's North Dakota. I'm willing to do whatever it is you've called me to do. I'm willing to say whatever you want me to say. I am the Lord's servant. And I submit to the will of God. Would you do that today? Can I guarantee you something? It's a real guarantee. I guarantee you, if you do that, and you start living that way, God's going to pour out an abundance of blessing and joy into your life. So much joy, you ain't going to be able to take it. I dare you to test him in this. He will do it. Heavenly Father, I pray that you do something awesome in this service. I pray, dear Lord, for that person in this room who's never received Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. May they come today and confess Christ. May they admit that they're a sinner, believe that only Jesus can save them, and confess Jesus as Lord and Savior of their life. I pray that they would humble themselves before you today. Lord, for the rest of us, I pray that we would be willing to come and lay our life on the altar and literally, Lord, give you everything and hold nothing back for ourselves. Give us that joy, Lord, that elusive joy that the world is looking for. Lord, give it to us today as we submit to your will. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to ask that you stand with heads bowed and eyes closed as the praise team sings. Just step out. Some have already responded. Would you come and receive that great, abundant, mega joy that only God can give? Lord, as we worship you today, we do lift you high. Lord, I pray that you would uh, just fill our hearts with joy unspeakable and full of glory. I pray that we would make that commitment to you today, Lord, that we will become your hands and your feet. And just as Mary submitted to your will, 
I pray that we would do the same, Lord. Thank you for using people like us to share the good news of the gospel. I pray that you would bless our church planters who are with us this weekend. Lord, I do pray for for Matt and Becky. I pray for Jonathan and Heather, for Justin and Allison as they leave the comfort of their own homes and go to a new state, a new town to build a church. And I pray, dear Lord, that you would give them fruit for their labor. Bless their kids, Lord. Let them know that they are loved, not only by Kavanaugh people, but by those in your kingdom. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. You can be seated just for a second. I'm not going to keep you long, but I want to share a couple of reminders with you. As you walk out the doors today, make sure you put your offering in one of those black boxes. We certainly appreciate your your love and your support and your giving. I was asked this morning, can I still give to adopt a missionary kid? Yes, you can. We've reached our goal, but if you still want to give, you can give, and uh, it'll just mean more money that we can give uh, to the kids in Puerto Rico, all right? Uh, We're going to be helping 30 children uh, at Pastor Jose's school in Puerto Rico, so if you'd like to keep giving to that, you can. Talking about our kids, uh, not this Wednesday night, but the next Wednesday night, which is December 21st, they're going to have their Christmas program up on this stage. And Nathan, I'm always excited, man, to see this. It's, it's always cool. There's always one who stands out, and I don't know, I don't know who that one is going to be, but I'm excited about it. Uh, next weekend, we're going to have three more families of uh, uh, church planters with us, and a total of 12 kids. So make sure you're back next weekend to help with that. Primetimers are going to meet on Thursday. Uh, be a part of that. Uh, ladies, uh, your Bible study is going on, but also if you're interested in taking a ladies' trip to Branson in the spring, come this Wednesday night and right after service, Miss Gail is going to meet with you ladies and give you all the information. Christmas is right around the corner. Uh, we're going to do something new this year at, uh, on Christmas Eve. On the 24th, we're going to have a candlelight service. It's going to be at 4 o'clock. It's only going to last from 4 to 4.45, but it's going to be a fantastic service. Then on Christmas morning, we're only going to have one service, and it's going to be at 10 o'clock in the morning. Is everybody good with that? They're not in here because they come to first service, but this morning in first service, I recognized uh, Don and Betty uh, Justice. They celebrated today 68 years of marriage bliss, 68 years of being married. I'm not worried about whether or not they're going to make it. I think they've got, they got it figured out, 68 years of marriage. So this week, if you think of Don and Betty, give them a call and congratulate them. Again, it's good to have you to our church planters. Let's give them another big round of applause. It's been good to have them. Thank you guys for being here. We're not going to keep them too long, but they're going to be out in the lobby after service. If you'd like to stop by and and meet them, thank them for coming. And if you want to support them, I'm sure they could give you the information, all right, as they go and build churches for the Lord. Been good to see you today. Hope you have a wonderful week. You're dismissed.